I think it's safe to say that we humans have a complicated relationship with bears. In popular culture, bears are often seen as fluffy, adorable friends in children's stories like Paddington and the Berenstain Bears, not to mention their representation in that timeless, plushy toy, the teddy bear. But make no mistake, bears will fucking kill you. We all know this, and the movies know this too, which is why for decades, bloodthirsty bears were one of the go-to monsters in Hollywood. Whether they were seeking revenge, mutated, high on cocaine, or just plain hungry, these fluffy beasts scared and thrilled moviegoers for generations. In today's episode of Slums of Film History, we take a long look at the legacy of this furry cinematic monster. So grab your flashlight and come deep into the woods with us as we search for Killer Bears. Stupid fool! Should have known! That's the place! Should have gone! Pull a giant on you! Blocks start the flow! They belong not in a cake, but in the fucking snow! Don't go in there! You best beware! And please don't be the fucking bears! This is Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in polite company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from amputation, masturbation, menstruation, and castration. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Morning, Slate. <laughs> Good morning, Tom. What did we drink last night? Battery acid? Everything is, is what, what we happened? drank last yeah. night. We drank every fucking thing that we could get our hands on. The funny thing, too, is that I specifically said to you, I was like, we need to go really light tonight because we have to get up early and do the podcast in the morning. And I believed that. I, I, believed, I did, too. Going I into it, that. I was like, yeah, we could do that. It'll work out great. I was all in. Yeah. And that plan failed pretty quickly. Yeah, it did. We're in a different place, though. We're at the beach where we recorded... What did we record there? Fatsploitation? And um, Mocha little, Dick. Little People? Yeah. Yeah. We're in the same hotel. Yeah. We're in a, our little getaway spot where we go to... Drink a lot. Drink way more than we should as adult human beings. So, yeah, we're we're struggling this morning, so bear with us. And like the last episode... bear with us. <laughs> <laughs> well done. At least your, your humor is waking up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But like last time when we recorded out here, you'll probably hear some background noise. Uh, we'll do what we can, but yeah, you're gonna hear trucks and shit and kids and stupid dogs. Dogs, and, yeah. yeah. So beach town, stupid. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we are. On that note, you got anything to put out? Yeah, you know, we had a few emails that I want to talk about. You know, in the past year and a half, just a few. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> right. First email that we got was from listener Chris, who was a full-on Madonna nerd. This is probably the only human being on the planet that liked that episode, but I'll take it. Okay. He wrote a few funny things, but the most interesting one to me was that he saw a body of evidence with Madonna in the audience when it originally came out. Wow. So he said he was down in LA for some reason. A friend of his had tickets, and he sat about ten rows back. She got a round of applause when she walked in about three minutes before the movie started and walked right by him as uh, as he was sitting on the aisle. It makes sense that she got a round of applause when she walked in, but he also <laughs> wrote, surprisingly, she got a round of applause after the movie, too, which uh, he also wrote, because we're all sheep. Yeah. Um, yeah, which yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense, yeah. Did she exit quickly? We'll have to ask him. <laughs> yeah, because I would have exited quickly, and I'm not even in the movie. So. Yeah, the movie's not good. No, yeah. it's not. Also, uh, from listener Heather, asked if we have ever thought about doing an episode about goo. We actually talk about goo and melting and bodily yeah. fluids that are like somehow oozing, oozing, out. cascading yeah. out of people to it. And we talk about things like street trash. But she wrote, you know, the stuff, the blob, Ghostbusters. Those are goo movies. There's a lot of goo going of goo. on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe maybe goo. maybe, maybe uh, we will go to goo one day. I don't know. Good suggestion, though. Yeah. We also heard from listener Destiny, who works in retail and listens to us while she works. Um, The funniest thing is she wrote, I just wanted to let you know how much joy you brought me, even when certain episodes made me want to kill myself. (laughs) Love that. That's what we strive for here in the show. So that's success. Yeah. Happy to hear that. 
Okay. All right. So a couple of good emails. You got a few that you'll talk about in my next episode. So yeah. And it's cool too, because we've had a huge gap in between recording and we still get people engaged with the show where they discover it while we're sort of on our hiatus. So it's nice that people keep finding the show and have stuff to share with us about it. So yeah. we're great actually, at responding too. Yeah. We're really Just good about kidding. responding. Yeah. We're awful about it. Just kidding. But please don't let that stop you from sending us a note or anything or a suggestion if you'd like because we do get to them we'll respond to the next three people that email us yes i promise yes we will promptly too by the way all right let's move on while we're waking up here okay so this episode is called killer bears and it started life as a totally different type of episode i was going to make another revenge episode and it's going to be called nature's wrath and it was going to be about how mother nature was going to take revenge on people. Sort of like, I'll talk about one here, but where animals, because the environment goes crazy, animals attack humans. And of course, like something like The Happening, where trees kill people. <laughs> that movie's terrible. It, it's garbage. Mark Wahlberg is so bad in that. Yeah, everybody's bad in that. It's just, it's awful. Yeah. But as I was researching this, I found out that a lot of these animals are bears. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And so I looked back at my cuddly critters that killed because I wanted to make sure... I didn't use them in that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And so I thought, hey, this would be a fun little episode. So that's where we are. This episode is going to be funny because you know that bears is a common term in gay vernacular. I was waiting to see how long it would take for you to bring that up in this episode. And clearly you did it right at the beginning. I've known some killer bears. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get started. Now that we know one definition of the term bear... Let me go back and give you some more bear facts. I know a lot of bear facts, actually. <laughs> maybe I should be doing <laughs> maybe, this episode. Maybe this should have been your episode. I can only imagine where it would have gone. All right. Well, besides the things that Slate knows about bears, here's a few others. The English word bear comes from the old English bira, and then it evolved from the word bureau or brown one. Anyway, bears are carnivorous creatures, and they exist on every continent except Africa, Australia, and Antarctica. Hmm. And there are eight species of bear. So there's the American black bear, per its name, it's native to North America. There's the Asiatic black bear, native to Asia. There's the brown bear, and that is found uh, Eurasia, North America. It's kind of broken into different categories. Grizzly bears and Kodiak bear are in this family. And then there are panda bears that are native to China. Fun fact, the red panda is not a bear. It's also not related to foxes or raccoons either. It's kind of like in its own genus, its own family of species. But there is the polar bear. There's the sloth bear that is found in India, the speckled bear native to the Andes Mountains in South America, and the sun bear, Mm. tropical forest of Southeast Asia. So that's the species of bear. I like the sun bear. Yeah. Just hang out in the sun, I guess. Bears have been depicted throughout culture all over the world. In some places, they actually had like bear worshiping cults. Like that club we went to last night? Jeez. You yeah. said it, not me. <laughs> you thought it. You laughed about it up front. Besides like bear cults in Asian countries and other areas of the world, a little closer to home, bears also figure prominently in the mythology of nearly every Native American tribe. And I'll touch on a few. There's too many to go through everything, and that's not really what this is about. But bears are viewed in Native American culture a variety of ways. Sometimes they're portrayed either as a sort of enforcer figure who punishes disrespectful or improper behavior among other animals and people, or as the humorless straight man for weaker but clever trickster characters to play against. Bear personalities and and these kind of legends and stories that are in these cultures range from wise and noble to morally upright but somewhat stupid and gullible to aggressive and intimidating. But in most cases, they don't bother people who have not done anything wrong. There are a few exceptions to this. In some cases, in some tribes, such as Cherokee, bears are sometimes portrayed as violent enemies of humans, although they are still an important clan animal to Cherokees. Some tribes also tell stories about monsters resembling man-eating bears the size of elephants, which prey on innocent people and must be slain by heroes. And because bears are so important in native cultures, there are many taboos against the treatment of bears. For example, the use of hunting seasons to avoid killing mother bears with their cubs was the most common, because that was considered taboo. But in some tribes, it was even considered disrespectful and dangerous to insult bears, step on their scat. Don't step on bear poop. Yeah, don't do that. Or even utter their names outside of certain ritual contexts. So a lot of these themes pop up in some of the movies that we're going to talk about. That's why I bring it up. So Hmm. it kind of ties all in together. Let's jump ahead in time and talk about bears and pop culture. So I mentioned in the intro that there's a lot of bears in children's stories. So you've got 
Winnie the Pooh, Paddington Bear, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Berenstain Bears, Baloo from Disney's version of the Jungle Book, Yogi Bear, of course, classic animated character. You've got your favorite, the Care Bears, and their movie that came out in 82. Mm, scared the shit out of me. Did it really? Yeah, movie's scary. What scared you about it? Do you remember? There's some horrible villain in it who's like a like a demon villain. He's really scary. The movie is scary. Shit. I should have included it, probably. Yeah. Huh. Don't fuck around with that movie. No, I didn't realize that. This movie's scary. Avoid Care Bears, I guess. So moving on, besides of all the animated and children's stories that have bears, probably one of the biggest toys in the world is a bear, and that's the teddy bear, which I mentioned in the intro. Do you know where the teddy bear came from? Mm -mm. So real quick, the teddy bear was invented in honor of President Theodore Roosevelt. It all began when Teddy Roosevelt was on a bear hunting trip in Mississippi on November 14th, 1902. Mississippi's governor had invited him, but unlike other hunters in the group, Teddy had not located a single bear, couldn't find one the whole trip. So Roosevelt's assistants cornered and tied a black bear to a willow tree. They summoned Roosevelt over and suggested that he shoot it while it's tied to a tree. Viewing this as extremely unsportsmanlike, Roosevelt refused to shoot the bear. The news of this event spread quickly through newspaper articles across the country. The articles recounted the story of the president who refused to shoot a bear. However, it was not just any president. It was Teddy Roosevelt, the big hunter. So that was a big deal, I guess. Hmm. Clifford Berryman, a political cartoonist, read the article and decided to lightheartedly satirize the president's refusal to shoot the bear. Berryman's cartoon appeared in the Washington Post on November 16, 1902. Morris Mictum, a Brooklyn candy shop owner, saw the cartoon and had an idea. He and his wife, Rose, also made stuffed animals, and Mictum decided to create a stuffed toy bear and dedicate it to the president who refused to shoot a bear. Hmm. He called it Teddy Bear. After receiving Roosevelt's permission to use the name, Mictum mass-produced toy bears, which were so popular they, of course, exist today. You can go to Build-A-Bear and fucking build one if you want. Mm -hmm. Which finally segues into my first film of the day, which is the first film I could find that both features bears, but it also features teddy bears. Hmm. And it's actually kind of fucked up. Hmm. Cut my attention. Yeah. So the movie itself is called... Teddy Bears from 1907. Mm -hmm. It's a black and white silent film, and it starts as an adaptation of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. A young girl enters the bear's house, eats their porridge, and sleeps in the bed of the bear cub. During this time, she sees some teddy bears, and this scene features a pretty complex stop-motion scene. Like, she sees these bears sitting there like toys, mm -hmm. and they start dancing around, and it's all stop-motion. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good for the time, but when the bears come home and discover her, she jumps out the window and runs away with one of the bear cub's teddy bears. The bears chase Goldilocks across a snowy landscape until a hunter looking like Teddy Roosevelt intervenes. And this is where things get fucked up. As he shoots and kills the two full-grown pursuers and captures the bear cub, the hunter and the girl then go back to the bear's house where they steal the remaining teddy bears, and that's the end of the movie. Hmm. It's weird. So the bears in the movie are just people in bear costumes. There's no real bears. Mm -hmm. You know, run around in bear suits and not very convincing ones, obviously. Mm -hmm. And this movie was clearly a, a satire about the Teddy Roosevelt story. But it wasn't the first one, actually. Back in 1901, there was a 60-second film called Terrible Teddy, the Grizzly King. And it was produced by Edison Manufacturing Company. Mm, you viral know, video. Viral video. Viral cat video. Yep. Killing elephant videos. They just, they were all over Cranking it. Cranking them out. <laughs> anyway, Terrible Teddy shows a Teddy Roosevelt character shooting a cat out of a tree and acting like he killed a big game. It was inspired by political cartoons at the time that ran in the New York Journal depicting Roosevelt as a macho hunting enthusiast with a strong taste for publicity, killing a mountain lion in Colorado while the press took in the event. So there was a precedent where this satire was coming from in Teddy Bears. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something else that came out. But the next movie I want to talk about is called A Bear Affair from 1915. And it's a silent movie from the Keystone Film Company that gave us the Keystone Cops. Oh, sure. Your favorite style of humor. Yep. <laughs> And it's basically just some slapstick comedy with lots of firearm use. Like, people are just, like, shooting each other all over the place in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's weird. And there's also a real bear in there causing havoc. Like, this bear goes in and, like, knocks shit over. A it's, real bear? Uh, this is a real bear. Oh. So it's not just somebody in a costume. They actually got a, I imagine, a trained animal. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I hope this bear is trained because it's really just running around and fucking raising havoc. Hmm. And again, this is like the early 1900s and early films, so they probably didn't have a good system for dealing with animal actors, I yeah. imagine. Weren't bears in circuses back then? They were. Like so there were trained now. bears. Yeah. So there were bear trainers. So I guess transition that over to movies. I don't trust make... no trained bear. <laughs> no, me neither. But it gets even better because the film after this one is from 1921. It's called A Boy, A Bear, and a Dog. I don't have a lot of info about this movie. I saw clips of it, and I'll tell you about it. But as far as I can tell, the plot is a young boy goes on strike from his mother to protest his chores. He's like, I'm not going to sweep the floor anymore. Mm -hmm. Go fuck yourself. On his break, he makes friends with a stray dog and a bear for some mm -hmm. reason. 
his goodwill with the animals ends up saving the day once his mother returns. Because I guess, I don't know, people trying to rob his house. I, f- I fucking forgot. It's some weird shit. I was just watching the movie to see if the bear was going to like eat the kid because he's like interacting with it. Or... Did he? No. no. But also, it was like a small black bear. It wasn't a huge bear anyway. They probably mm-hmm. could have pulled him off the kid if he started chewing on him or whatever. I mean, the bear in the movie, in the clips that I saw, was just trying to eat table scraps and was just forging around and kind of bored. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I wanted to talk about these early films, and I'm going to jump way ahead because I couldn't really find anything that meets this topic from the 50s and do most of the 60s. But there is some real-life bear attacks I'll talk about first, and then I'll go into my, my first killer bear movies because mm-hmm. there is some precedence from where these movies came from. So the first one that I can find, first instance of a really bad bear attack, was in 1915, and it was on this Japanese island of Hokkaido. And in December of 1915, one of these bears awoke early from hibernation and went on a killing spree, Hmm. like at this frontier outpost. Ended up with seven people dead, mostly women and children. Like, it just fucking went crazy. The bear weighed about 750 pounds and measured nine feet long. It killed its victims in their own homes, like just busted down their door and killed them. (laughs) It's fucked up. Even when the town got a posse together, they were unable to stop the almost daily attacks. Their bear was wounded multiple times by gunfire, but kept returning to claim more victims, including a pregnant woman and an infant. Wow. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's cool. Finally, professional bear hunters were called in to kill the bear. And apparently there's a shrine there that commemorates the lives lost of this bear attack. Wow. Yeah. And then there's another instance in 1967 during the summer. Two young women were killed by grizzlies in two separate attacks inside Montana's Glacier National Park. The two women were both 19 years old and both employees at two of the park's lodges. They went on overnight backpacking trips with friends on August 12th of that year. Unknown to them, grizzlies had been spotted near lodges and campsites in the park for weeks at that time. Attracted to the food left behind by campers. And back in the 60s, there was no bear-proof garbage cans, and there was very few safety precautions to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was very easy for them to get into trash and get food left over. The two victims slept outside on the stars, and a grizzly grabbed one of the victims and just dragged her away and fucking mauled her. Damn. Yeah. And then the other victim, when the grizzly attacked her, like just bit off her arm, and she bled out, fucking wow. grabbed her and bit her fucking arm off. The attacks were made into a book in 1969 called Night of the Grizzlies by Jack Olson, and it led to widespread policy changes at the U.S. National Parks to prevent the feeding of animals and to remove trash and close campsites and trails where bear activity was spotted. And this is a good jumping off point for my first killer bear movie. Mm -hmm. And that movie is Night of the Grizzly from 1966. Not tied to the book at all. It just happened to be a coincidence. Or maybe the book was based off the movie title, but I don't know. Either way, Night of the Grizzly from 1966. And this film is about an ex-lawman named Jim Cole, who retires to Wyoming to farm his land. But a land-greedy neighbor, an ex-con turned bounty hunter, and a vicious grizzly bear upset his retirement plans. Hmm. The bear's name is Satan, or Old Satan. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I figured you'd enjoy that. And he's out terrorizing the locals and killing their livestock, uh, killing people also, and just generally being a dick, mm-hmm. as Satan would be. Yep. Big Jim Cole, a man whose roots go deep into the earth. A man building a dream with two bare hands. A dream threatened by an ominous shadow. A dream that exploded into nightmare on a night filled with a thousand terrors. The Night of the Grizzly. Spoiler, Satan's kill at the end. So they they take down Satan. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this movie, but it seems that Satan is used like as a metaphor for like battling the forces of nature. You'll see that theme come back up again. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: Satan or old Satan in the movie was played by Bozo, a trained female Kodiak bear. Hmm. Bozo will show up again in this podcast. Just spoiler. Next movie I want to talk about is King of the Grizzlies from 1970, and this film was a Walt Disney production that starred a bunch of people I never heard of and whatever, but. It's a loose adaptation of a book that came out in 1900 called Biography of a Grizzly. And the film is about Moki, a Native American in the late 19th century West. He works as a foreman on a ranch belonging to a former army officer, Colonel Pearson. As Moki is working there, a grizzly bear invades Pearson's land and kills a steer. Pearson shoots the bear and one of her cubs and misses the other. The surviving cub falls off a cliff and into the river and is swept like downstream. Moki finds the bear and names it Wob. Hey, Wob. Wobbit. Hi, Wobbit. <laughs> Sets it free on the outskirts of Pearson's land. Years later, it comes back and scares people and I think maybe kills some livestock. So, of course, Pearson wants to kill it, but Moki stops him and there's a confrontation, but everyone walks away alive. And while Wob is clearly not even close to the monster of old Satan is, they are played by the same bear, Bozo. Hmm. I like the name Moki. Yeah, it's not a bad name. 
So one thing about the time frame of when these movies came out is there were also popular TV shows and movies that had good portrayal of bears in them. So you have Gentle Ben, first introduced in a 1965 children's novel. And that was the basis of the film that came out in 1967 called Gentle Giant. And then after that, in the late 60s, after that movie, the Gentle Ben TV show came out. And I guess it was pretty popular. In the 70s, there was a movie called The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams, which you may remember. That came out in 1974, and that led to the NBC television series of the same name. The title character, played by Dan Haggerty, was loosely based on a California mountain man, John Grizzly Adams, who lived between 1812 and 1860, so based on the real-life guy, mm-hmm. who was a famous mountain man and trainer of grizzly bears. So he had a bear companion in real life. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Ben the Bear was also played by Bozo. Oh, wow. Bear was a star. Now, I bring this up because these two decades had very popular, gentle depictions of bears. One was a grizzly and one was a black bear. But then a thing happened in 1975 that changed that, at least for a while. Can you guess? I don't know shit about bears. When you've been talking about bears and you keep looking at me like, do you know this thing? And I'm like, I don't know fucking shit about bears. <laughs> well, you, I don't care about bears. You don't know I about think. this. Yeah. This has nothing to I mean, do with I, bears. I care about them when they eat people. That's the best thing bears do. There's I don't care about the gentle out. ones. That's boring. Well, I'm bringing that up for a reason. Okay. 1975, the big thing that happened was Jaws came out. Hmm. And Jaws set the pace for animal horror movies oh, to come. Oh, I see. I just was looking at you like, you know that that movie is not about a bear, right? No. Yeah. And as I've seen bo- it recently. There's no bears There's in no Jaws. There's no bears yeah. in that. There might be a few laying on the beach, maybe, <laughs> if you look closely. <laughs> but, uh, but no, there's no bears in Jaws. And as we've talked about before, Jaws did spawn a bunch of other fishy ripoffs like Piranha and Orca. Mm. But it also set the stage for other animals attacking and killing stupid teenagers. Got it. And the first example of that is Grizzly from 1976. Have you seen Grizzly? I don't think so. So the plot of Grizzly is a park ranger along with a military veteran helicopter pilot and a naturalist try to halt the wild rampage of a prehistoric grizzly bear that has a 15 feet height and weighs about 3,000 pounds, who's gone rogue and has developed a taste for human blood and flesh. So he's terrorizing uh, the national park, wherever the fuck the park is. When the attacks become a national news story, the park supervisor allows amateur hunters into the forest, but the park ranger, along with the helicopter pilot and the naturalist, take it upon themselves to kill the bear. I mean, it's Jaws Mm. with a bear. A motion picture is coming that does not cater to fantasy. You will see nature's most savage man-eating animal. By its size alone, it can overpower and devour any human. Grizzly. 18 feet of man-eating, gut-crunching terror. The deadliest jaws on land belong to Grizzly. Grizzly was quite successful and made a lot of money and proved that following the jaws model can work for any creature, basically. Mm -hmm. This film ended up becoming the most financially successful independent film in 1976, earning an impressive $39 worldwide in the box office on a $750,000 budget. So, nice little profit there. Was it a real bear that they used? Mm -hmm. Mm. Fun fact, a grizzly bear who was nicknamed Teddy played the role of the bear. Mm-hmm. Teddy was 11 feet tall when he was standing on his hind legs and was the largest grizzly bear in captivity at that time. The film's cast and crew were both protected from Teddy by only a thin green electrical wire that ran throughout the forest locations so that he could never get too mm-hmm. close. And of course, they had a mechanical bear for certain scenes to attack people. Yep. That probably looked very unconvincing. It did, actually. It didn't look that great. So yeah, so there you go. The next movie I want to talk about, I've been dying to talk about this one. This is half the reason I made this fucking episode. It's called Day of the Animals. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. I don't think so. It stars Leslie Nielsen when he, before he was doing comedy. Right, yeah. And a bunch of other people that I don't, I fucking forgot who. The film is about a bunch of hikers who go into the woods for a nice day of hiking when the animals start acting weird and attack them, like all the animals, birds, mountain lions, and everything else. It turns out that the ozone layer was depleting and it was having an effect on the animals. Mm. So this movie isn't just a bear attack movie. As I mentioned, it has mountain lions, dogs, birds, all these other animals attack because of the ozone layer depletion that's affecting them. But it also starts affecting some of the people, including Leslie Nielsen. He starts going a little bit crazy. Mm. And there's a point where it's all raining outside and they're stuck in the woods and some of the people have already died and he's going nuts and he's trying to rape this one girl. He's basically going to rape her in front of everybody. He's like, I take what I want or whatever. This bear comes up out of nowhere and he just straight up attacks the bear and looks like he's trying to rape the bear. Oh, shit. Yeah. I want to show you that clip. Okay. You see what they want? You take it. You take it. 
And I'm gonna do just that. Now get up! Get up! Get up! <laughs> that was a bear hug. They actually were bear hugging each other for yeah, a minute there. They were. That yeah. Was, yeah. It was tender. It was. Having a tender moment. Yeah. Really broke up the rape scene yeah. nicely. Don't, don't rape a bear. I mean, don't rape a woman either, but, <laughs> but don't really, rape a bear. Don't attempt to rape a bear because that's not going to go well idea. for you. Yeah. It didn't go well for Leslie Nielsen. I, th- I don't think they smell good either. You know, I really want to have sex with something that smells like a bear, meaning a bear. Yeah. Gross. I feel like it smells like wet dog, but worse. You know uh, what I mean? And poop. I, they do not clean their butts. <laughs> That's where you have to have sex with them in the butt. <laughs> There's nothing else. I mean, I guess the bear has a vagina, but like, I don't want to put it in that either. I mean, that's fair. Gross. Yeah. Well, this took a turn. <laughs> But yeah, no. Words to live by. <laughs> don't rape a bear. Gross. No, don't do it. Fun fact. Day of the Animals is sometimes mistaken as a sequel to Grizzly hmm. because it was released as Grizzly 2 in some areas of the world, like Canada or someplace. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. One thing to note, there was a movie that came out the year before Day of the Animals called Claws. And the plot is hunters wound a grizzly bear in a national forest in Alaska. Soon after, the wounded bear goes off and kills several other hunters, hikers, and campers, the sheriff of the town, and a Boy Scout. Again, you have another bear movie capitalizing on Jaws with even a similar name, Claws. (laughs) So, man, that's great. (laughs) This one was also named Grizzly 2 when it was released in Mexico and Canada. And then just to muddy the waters even more, there was the actual Grizzly 2, the actual sequel Mm -hmm. from 1983. And we'll talk about that movie in a little bit. But I want to move on to Prophecy from 1979. That's where the bear explodes, right? Well, close. So this is the one with the mutant bear. Yeah. It's this mutated melty bear. Right. We talked about this in Toxic Waste. This was directed by John Frankenheimer. It follows an environmental agent and his wife filing a report on a paper mill that was dumping toxic waste in the river. And it mutated this bear and it runs amok. And the scene you're talking about is where the huge bear invades these people's campsite and people are screaming and trying to run away. And this kid is zipped up in his sleeping bag and he starts hopping away and the bear just smacks him him and he flies and he explodes explodes. on a tree. He hits a tree and he explodes. A rock. But yeah, feathers go everywhere and it's it's fucking hilarious. Great scene. Yeah, it's really funny. Fun fact, Kate Hedin which I guess was the nickname of the bear in the movie. I didn't, I probably pronounced it wrong, but that's his name. It was not portrayed by a bear at all, but a seven foot, two inch tall stuntman named Kevin Peter Hall. He yeah, went I on to, told you that. Hmm? That did not look in any way like a real bear. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no, it did not. I mean, yeah, that's no. not a fun fact. That's yeah. just, <laughs> that's just true. But the actor that played Katadin, the mutant bear, also went on to play other memorable movie monsters like Predator and uh, then the Bigfoot from Harry and the Hendersons. Harry. Mm. So, yeah. But no, it was not a real bear no. or even close. Now let's move on to the 80s. And the next movie I want to talk about is Grizzly 2 Revenge from 1983. Mm-hmm. It's like Jaws the Revenge, but with Grizzly. And this is the legit sequel to Grizzly. This time around, the plot is about a giant grizzly named Tawanda who seeks revenge after her cub was killed by poachers. She does this by terrorizing a Woodstock-esque concert. I'm not kidding. And it stars, and this is going to blow your mind, it stars Louise Fletcher, John Ray's Davies, George Clooney, Laura Dern, and Charlie Sheen. Wow. The last three, that was their first movie that they were all in. Grizzly 2? Grizzly 2. Wow. You ever see this movie as a kid? No. Well, that's because although the film was made in 1983, the release was put on hold for many decades. It finally premiered in 2020 at the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival. And of course, it was released in the wild, so to speak, Mm. in January of 2021. Clearly, it was forgettable because I never heard of this movie until Mm. I researched this. According to IMDb, this film was mainly made in Budapest, Hungary in 1983, The Hungarian government then seized most of the film's equipment for non-payment of bills. As a result, post-production on it was never finished. Canon Group, remember them? Oh, yeah. Bought the film in 1987 and planned to both finish the post-production and release it, but the company began to fall on hard times in 1988, and as a result, it was mostly forgotten about. Even the film's very existence was questioned until a work print showed up illegally on the internet in 2007. 
Fun fact here, the film's three top build and thus expected main characters, Charlie Sheen, George Clooney, and Laura Dern, are all killed like in the first three minutes of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And of course, this movie follows the um, Jaws model in that Louise Fletcher plays a government official that doesn't want anything to stop this concert that's going on. So like she tries to cover up the fact that a bear is going around <laughs> killing people. All right. Same plot as Jaws. Yep. Yeah, exactly. What happened now? Grizzly killed again. Three kids this time. I don't want a cloud of fear on this concert. Now you get that grizzly and get it now. This grizzly's claw marks reach 18 feet off the ground. 27 inches the rear pads, 18 inches the fore. A firm soil three inches deep. You got the devil bear. And also similar to Jaws, the killer bear was played mostly by a malfunctioning animatronic bear. (laughs) Just like Jaws was that animatronic shark, Bruce. All right, moving on. I'm going to switch this up for a second here because what I want to talk about next are bear actors. Because up to now, I mentioned Bozo and Teddy that were in those other movies who were trained bears and used in movies. But the first real bear movie star was Bart the Bear. Seth Rogen. Oh. Jack Black. <laughs> it was Bart the Bear who lived from 1977 to 2000, and he was born in a Baltimore zoo and became what is probably the most known of all bear actors besides the ones you just mentioned. <laughs> Bart has worked alongside a plethora of big-name human actors such as Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, Robert Redford, Alec Baldwin, Dan Aykroyd, and Steven Seagal, to name a few. Hmm. So yeah, good old Steven Seagal. But the next film I want to talk about is where Bart is the actual star of the movie. And that film is The Bear from 1988. Did you ever see this movie? Mm-mm. The Bear is a French adventure family film that's directed by some French guy. I can't pronounce his name. It was released by TriStar Pictures, and it was adapted from a novel called The Grizzly King by American author James Kerwood. It's set in British Columbia, Canada, and the film tells the story of an orphaned grizzly bear who befriends a large adult male Kodiak bear as trophy hunters pursue them through the wild. I watched this a long time ago. It's basically a silent film. It's kind of like a nature film. Hmm. You find this baby cub, and he teams up with the bigger bear, who's played by Bart, and they have these adventures. And then they get hunted by these hunters because I think Bart kills one of their horses and they want to kill Bart. But it's not really a killer bear movie, obviously. Bart does kill, like I said, kill horses. He killed some of the hunting dogs that come after him. But there's a point in the movie where one of the hunters is not paying attention or he's cleaning his rifle. And Bart shows up looking like he's going to fucking just tear him apart and then kind of gets bored and leaves. And so the hunter has like a change of heart. And so he decides not to kill Bart after all. And he distracts the other hunters so that they won't find Bart and helps Bart escape. And I think helps Bart get the baby bear again because they kidnapped the baby bear, some shit, whatever. Anyway, the baby bear and Bart reunite, get away from the hunters. And it's it's cute. It's a cute movie, right? Mm-hmm. Fun fact, it took six years of preparation just to start filming this movie. The movie was then shot in eight months. Three trainers worked with Bart, 11 with the cubs. There was various cubs they used, three with the dogs, and three with the horses. Another fun fact, this is interesting. A small campaign was launched for the 62nd Academy Awards to secure Bart a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Actor. With the proponents arguing the bear gave such a moving performance, he should be the first animal actor to be considered for the award. However, the campaign was dismissed by the Academy, who stated they would not permit non-human actors to be nominated for awards in any category. I know. It's speciesist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bullshit. So along with almost being an Academy Award nominee, Bart would have a successful career making appearances in such film as The Great Outdoors, if you remember that movie with Dan Aykroyd, yep. Clan of the Cave Bear with Daryl Hannah, White Fang, I believe that was Ethan Hawke in mm-hmm. that, and then two Brad Pitt vehicles, Legends of the Fall and Twelve Monkeys. Hmm. And of course, the Steven Seagal classic On Deadly Ground. Who could forget that one? But moving on, the next movie I want to talk about is The Edge from 1997. And this is an American epic survival thriller written by David Mamet, starring Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. And the plot follows a wealthy businessman named Charles, who's Anthony Hopkins' character, and a photographer, Bob, Alec Baldwin's character. Oh, and their assistant, Harold Perrineau, if you remember him from Lost. Mm -hmm. They have to trek through the woods and try to survive after their plane crashes in the Alaska wilderness, all while being hunted by a large Kodiak bear. This is also a movie that starred Bart the Bear. Mm -hmm. So he got to work with these great actors as well. This would also turn out to be one of Bart's last film performances. But it's a good example of what I was talking about earlier as the threat of the bear is more of an existential crisis. It's man battling the elements, but also battling himself. Mm -hmm. So it's going away from that post-Jaws movie ripoff of 
just furry monster on a rampage and more so as the metaphor for nature and man's place in it trying to survive. Mm -hmm. So for that theme, I think the edge is a very good example. What the edge wasn't, however, was a hit. Apparently it only made $43 million on a $30 million budget. So Mm. it barely made some money. Barely. (laughs) Oh, and these days it seems to be a mostly forgotten film, except by listener Bonnie, who was the person who reminded me this film exists and that I needed to include it in this episode. Mm. So this one is for you, Bonnie. I hope you enjoy. Somewhere between the law of the wild and the nature of man lies the edge. I'm not going to die. It's today. I'm going to kill the mother. Ah! Okay, my next movie we have to talk about is a documentary, and it's called Grizzly Man from 2005, directed by Werner Herzog. I think I saw this. Yeah. This might be the only movie that I've seen that you've talked about today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, damn. I don't give a shit about bears. I, I, I clearly don't, I just not. don't care. Clearly yeah. Not. You don't hang out with them? Mm-mm. You don't talk to them Not in bears? No. no. But anyway, Grizzly Man details the life and death of naturalist and bear enthusiast Timothy Treadwell. I know a few bear enthusiasts. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. As well as the death of his girlfriend at Katmai National Park, Alaska. The film includes some of Treadwell's own footage of his interactions with brown bears before 2003, the year of his death, and of interviews with people who knew or were involved with Treadwell, in addition to those professionals who deal with wild bears. I think most people know about this film, but for the few who have not, Herzog used the over 100 hours of film this guy had recorded over 13 years. Yes, 13 years that he was fucking with grizzlies. And what Treadwell used to do is he would go to the national park and he would just go right up to these bears. He'd just fucking go right up yeah. to them and pet them and shit and talk to them and film himself like narrating, I'm going to fucking pet this bear and try to hug it like Leslie Nielsen in Day of the Animals mm-hmm. or whatever, or rape it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And he got away with that for a long fucking time. Well, I'm here with one of my favorite bears. It's Mr. Chocolate. Hey, Mr. Chocolate. He's been with me for over a decade, and he's been my good friend. Oh, he's a big bear. He's a big bear. A very big bear. Wow. When you spend a lot of time with bears day after day, there's a calling that makes you want to come in and and spend more time in the world. Animals rule. Timothy conquered. He tended to want to become a bear. I think he had lost sight of what was really going on. Or he got what he was asking for, he got what he deserved. I will die for these animals. I will die for these animals. I will die for these animals. And of course, that's exactly what he did. Apparently in 2003, he and his girlfriend stayed at the park past summer, which is something they never did. They always left at the end of summer, which is probably why he got attacked by these bears, because it was getting the hibernation season. And the, the bears are usually very active, trying to gather as much calories as they can. Mm-hmm. So they'll eat more, they'll look for more sources of food. And that's the theory that happened. And so one night, he and his girlfriend were killed by two bears, and the whole thing was caught on audio from a camera that had been knocked over. Herzog felt including the recording in the documentary would be bad taste. So you don't get to hear the recording of the attack, but Herzog films himself listening to the audio of the attack. And so you see his reaction, which Mm -hmm. I guess is a film choice. Yep. I like him. I do too. Oddly enough, though, Treadwell, while claiming to be an activist and protector of bears, the bears were already protected species in Alaska. Yeah. That guy's creepy. Yeah. Like, that guy is creepy. I'm sorry he's dead. Um... (laughs) But like he was weird as that fuck. guy is like in love with bears, like sexually in love with bears. Like <laughs> yeah. he's more of a threat to bears than Leslie Nielsen. Like that guy <laughs> wanted to fuck bears. Like there is no <laughs> other way to describe I'm, that man. I mean, yeah, he was like sexually in love with bears. Yeah, and it did not go, go well, well for yeah, him at all. The bears didn't love him back, really. No, he like films himself. He's like crying, and he's like love him i want to put my dick in him he's like in love with bears yeah it's that guy's weird that guy's a weird guy he was a very strange man and it was and creepy you're absolutely right about that but the irony of this too is that he would claim to protect them and everything but the bears that killed him were hunted down and had to be killed right so bears died because he was being a dumbass basically yeah that guy sucks kind (laughs) of i mean yeah but in the context of this episode, Grizzly Man is interesting in that it's definitely a cautionary tale, but it's an interesting look at that man versus nature. Because in my previous film, it was man battling nature to survive, whereas this one, you know, he wanted to fuck nature or be right. friends with it, and it still didn't end well for him. But this is also a good jumping off point because my next two killer bear movies use bears as the symbolic wrath for the exploitation and alteration of nature. First one I want to talk about is The Revenant from 2015. And that's based on the experiences from real life frontiersman 
Hugh Glass, who, while on a fur training expedition in the 1820s, fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and left for dead by members of his own hunting team. And he has to crawl through the fucking forest and try to heal up his wounds, and Native Americans are kind of hunting him down, too. Now, the bear is only in one scene, and technically it doesn't kill, although it fucks him up pretty bad. But if you see the movie, you know he survives. But the bear is important because it represents the forces of nature that can't be tamed or exploited. As the fur trappers do, you know, they kill the animals for pelts. They don't do anything else with it. So they're kind of wasteful to nature. Mm-hmm. You can also look at it symbolically and say the bear does kill glass because he kind of rises out of the forest and gets revenge, if you remember, from the guy that killed his kid. You saw The Revenant. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. the theater. By the way, this movie is gorgeously shot. Mm-hmm. And the bear is CGI, but it's pretty good. Yeah. They do a good job with that. So it's not some shitty animatronic bear or a guy in a suit or Bart. Yeah. And the next movie that kind of goes along with this theme is Annihilation from 2018, starring Natalie Portman. Did you see this? Mm-mm. This film was written and directed by Alex Garland, and it also stars Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, and Oscar Isaac. And the story follows a group of explorers who enter the Shimmer, which is this mysterious quarantine zone that has all these mutating plants and animals. I guess a meteor crashed there and started this little area that's shimmery and weird, Mm -hmm. and, and nature's all fucked up in there. So, as it goes on, Portman's husband had gone into the Shimmer with a team of researchers, scientists, whatever, and they're gone for a period of time, and he he's the only one that comes back out. And there's something kind of fucked up about him, and he goes into a coma, so she takes this other team to go in and explore and find out what's going on with the Shimmer. And they come across all these, like, weird misshapen animals and stuff, like deer that have, like, flowers growing out of their antlers, just kind of weird defects. But there's a scene where, I guess, the, they're all women, by the way, and there's this one scene where they're kind of turning on each other, and half of them are tied up because of some shit that's going on. And they're in this, like, this house that's there. And this bear comes in, and this bear's fucked up. Like, Mm -hmm. you could see its skull. Mm -hmm. And as it's walking in, it seems like it's blind, but can, you know, hear and smell. And when it growls, it also echoes the screams of, I guess, people it killed. So it's it's really fucking Hmm. bizarre. That's cool. But in spite of all that, the bear still serves the same purpose pretty much as the bear does in The Revenant, in that it's representative of a force of nature. Yeah, it's a twisted, perverted, fucked up force in nature, but it's still a force of nature that will come and fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. So that's the symbolism of that. Yeah. Moving on. Just a slight aside real quick. There's like some fucking like auctioneering going on in the $20, background. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm still I'm still dealing with my hangover. I don't want to fucking hear this. But you guys will hear it in the background uh, this episode probably, so enjoy. Anyway, moving on. So all this existentialism and symbolism in the use of killer bears were hitting the mainstream. Genre movies would go back to that tried and true monster movie take of killer bears. For instance, there's a movie from 2007 called Grizzly Rage, and it was a Canadian TV movie that aired on the Sci-Fi channel. The plot is that after accidentally killing a bear cub while celebrating graduation in the woods, four teens become the target of a seemingly unstoppable grizzly. Nobody saw this movie, but it did feature a real bear actor, and that bear's name is Coda. Hmm. In places where filming was too dangerous for a real bear, an actor in a bear suit was employed, which added What's to the... What's too dangerous for a bear? I mean... The I bear know. is the dangerous thing. I, yeah, I don't know. I, again, I'm, I'm at a loss. Yeah. I couldn't find anything more about it, and I didn't want to spend too much fucking time on Grizzly Bear. Um, next is a movie, Bear, from 2010. And this is basically the same as the last movie, as it centers on four people who become the target of an extremely aggressive and wrathful grizzly bear. Although this one has a twist as it traps people in their car. So it's a ripoff of Jaws and Cujo. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw this movie either, and it got bad reviews, but its bear tagonist was played by Blue. And bear I think it also had some really bad animatronics as well. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Next is Backcountry from 2014, and it's a survival story that's loosely based on a true story of a hungry man-eating black bear that attacked Mark Jordan and Jacqueline Perry Perry in the backcountry of Ontario in 2005. The plot of this movie is a couple just goes hiking, gets lost in the woods, and is stalked by a black bear. No crazy revenge story or mutant bear, just survival horror. So it's basically like open water, but with a bear plot. Mm -hmm. Of course, that can only last so long as my next movie is Unnatural from 2015, also known as Maneater, and it's about a genetically mutant mutated polar bear that escapes a lab and goes after some people in a cabin. Don't know shit about it, but it's notable for being a mutated bear that is going on a rampage. And then there's this curiosity, also from 2015, called Into the Grizzly Maze, although originally titled Red Machine, then changed to Endangered, then later changed to Grizzly. Hmm. It's an American action horror thriller film that stars, are you ready for this? James Marsden, Thomas Jane, Piper Parabu, Scott Glenn, 
and Billy Bob Thornton. Wow. You ever fucking heard of this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. The plot follows two estranged brothers as they reunite at their childhood home in the Alaskan wilderness. The pair are then led to the grizzly maze where they are stalked by a massive, unrelenting, and bloodthirsty grizzly bear. I've not seen this movie. I kind of looked at pictures and clips a little bit. And like I said, I never heard of it before. But at first glance, it sounds like it could be pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, in a bad movie way. You know, no mutants or anything. No existentialism or even revenge. Just the bears come and chop people up. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. simple. And it looks like there's some good gore or whatever. But I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes approval rating. It's like 36%. So mm-hmm. apparently well, it's not well. that great. So this movie just didn't amount to much. But fun fact, though, animal actor Bart the Bear 2 was hired to co-star. Not related to Bart the Bear at all. Somebody just named him Bart the Bear 2 mm-hmm. as Original. homage to Bart. Yeah. This leads me to my last film and part of the reason I did this episode, which is, can you guess? Stupid ass Cocaine Bear. (laughs) Cocaine Bear, the movie that was released earlier this year. You saw it? No, I'm not. No. No. No, 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 (laughs) no. So you didn't see it? No. (laughs) Okay. I, I did see it and I was probably better off not seeing it. So it's not great. But for those who don't know anything about this movie... It's inspired by a true story of a cocaine bear, which was an American black bear that ingested 75 pounds of cocaine that was lost by drug dealers thrown out of a plane or whatever. The movie is directed by Elizabeth Banks, and it stars Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's kid, and Alden Enherick. I don't know. How the fuck do you say that guy's name? And it was the last performance of Ray Liotta. That's so sad. It is sad. The film takes place in 1985, and it's about a drug smuggler who dumps a bunch of shipment of cocaine out of his plane. He tries to follow it out, but he ends up knocking himself out when he leaves the plane and dies because the chute doesn't open. The cocaine is scattered all through Georgia or some fucking whatever area. And then a black bear eats some of it and then goes on a coke-fueled rampage. Hilarity ensues, I guess. So this movie should have been fucking amazing. This should have been a fun, awful movie. She can't movie. make a good movie. She can't make a bad movie. She's never <laughs> been in a good mo- Like, I just don't. Th- just not a fan. I also really don't like it when people are like, I'm going to make a shitty movie, and it's going to be so shitty, and isn't that funny? And I'm like, for people that actually like really shitty movies, it doesn't work. That's not a good way to make a movie and be like, it's going to be intentionally bad. And it's like... You suck. Yeah. You're incapable of making a good movie. So you're like, ha ha ha, the joke's on you. It's intentionally bad. And it's like, no, you're incapable of making a good movie. Well, that's true. You're not talented enough to make a good bad movie. Right. Or extremely untalented enough to make a good bad movie. You just make mediocrity. Yeah. And it was. It was very mediocre. There was not much to say about this movie at all. I think helmed by somebody else, they could have probably made something out of this, but it wasn't good. The bear CGI, as I mentioned, was really good and Revenant. It was garbage here. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, didn't even try. Yeah. And I think the movie just didn't know what it wanted to be, you know? It was clearly trying to be funny, but it had some jump scares to try to be scary and neither really worked. It made money though. This movie actually made some money, believe it or not. Mm. So, I mean, that's something. But this reminds me of Snakes on a Plane where you've got a pretty impressive title and you think there could be some cult potential for it. And then when the movie comes out, it's just like, eh. Yeah, that movie sucked too. Yeah. I mean, at least it had Samuel L. Jackson. True. Yeah. This movie could have done better with or Samuel like Jackson. Ray Liotta. <laughs> and I just felt bad for Ray Liotta. Yeah. So it just wasn't a very good movie. But going back to tying this into the theme, you know, this movie... I don't even know. I was going to say it gets closer to the, the Jaws ripoffs because it's fighting this bear in the woods, but it's got some other elements in it. I guess it's trying to make a statement on trying to wrap. Cocaine all. bear is trying to make a statement on something. <laughs> just, I know. I know. I know. It's a stretch. I know. It's a stretch. Okay. With that being said, let's see if I can wrap this whole fucking thing up. All right. You think I can do it? <laughs> You're just sitting there patiently waiting <laughs> for me to wrap this up so you can stop talking about bears because you hate bears. All right. So looking at these early killer bear depictions. With Night of the Grizzly, where killing old Satan was symbolic for man's will to tame the West, King of the Grizzlies, while still using the bear antagonist in a similar way, pays homage to the old Native American myths pertaining to bears as a plot concerns targeting a mother bear and her cubs, which is taboo in Native cultures, and that cub coming back to wreak havoc. And the Native American character in that movie spares the bear at the end. Killer bears take a backseat to popular movies and TV shows like the Grizzly Adams series and Gentle Ben, but once Jaws comes out and establishes its formula, Killer Bears becomes the prime choice for killing unsuspecting hikers and campers with nary a bit of symbolism to be found. Admittedly, this is my favorite era of killer bears. What's not to love about a melted, mutated bear exploding a kid in a sleeping bag or Leslie Nielsen trying to rape everything on screen, including a bear? 
And it goes without saying that if you've got George Clooney, Laura Dern, and Charlie Sheen getting mauled by a shitty animatronic bear, well, count me in. Over time, films found ways to use killer bears in a more symbolic way, again, with themes about taming the wilderness and facing your fears by overcoming a seemingly unstoppable force of nature that the bear represents, like in the movie The Edge or maybe even The Revenant. All of which coming back around to the scary creature in the woods, hungry for revenge, human flesh, or cocaine. What do you think? Yeah, bears. Um... <laughs> Yeah. You are loving this subject. At least you're I'm awake not now. I'm going to see any of these movies. None of the movies about... I've seen maybe one bear movie. And I'm. it's fascinating to hear your take on bear movies. You did not convince <laughs> me to to like bears or watch any I mean, bear-oriented really, content. I wasn't really trying to sell them to okay, you. Okay, good. Just good. trying to explain it to you. Yeah, thank you. One last thing, and I have to include this, is that there is a documentary from 1996 called Project Grizzly. And it was about this inventor, Troy... I'm not going to be able to say his last name, but it follows... Troy's obsession with researching the Canadian grizzly bear up close ever since surviving an early encounter with such a bear. The plot is this guy is a scrap metal merchant, and so he tries to build a grizzly-proof suit of armor so that someone can go and interact with bears mm. and be around them. Mm-hmm. So, Why is everybody so obsessed with bears? I don't like, know. Why... I don't know. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone. They're big and they're scary and they smell bad. That's what nature is telling you. Stay away from things that are big and smelly and scary and will kill you. And I agree. I totally agree with you. And in this documentary, he never gets a chance to test it in the wild. But years later, he took part in this controlled test with the help of some bear handlers to see if it would actually work. Mm. So they actually put him in an area where there were some bears around and they just left him alone because it was so weird yeah. looking. They were just like, we don't, I don't want to fuck around They're with that like, thing. Oh. But the point of all that is twofold. Number one, that would be a great fictional horror movie where a guy puts on like his fucking like anti-bear Robocop suit to fight a bear. Mm-hmm. I'd watch that shitty movie. And two grizzly man really could have used the fucking robocop bear suit yeah he was just blinded by his lust (laughs) and i think if there's any theme that this episode has is being blinded by lust is i think the thing you need to avoid especially dealing with bears don't let your bear lust take over your fucking mind in your common sense and don't find yourself out in the woods trying to have sex with a bear because of bear lust it's a good name for a gay bar bear lust That's all I have for this episode. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find the links to some of the movies we talked about today. And also be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter where we share a lot of additional content. And if you like the show or have any comments or suggestions, please drop us an email at slumsoffilmhistory at gmail.com or write us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. One day, I don't know. Good suggestion, though. Yeah, say good suggestion again. Good, good, good suggestion, though. Good. I can't say the word suggestion. Good suggestion, though. Yeah. The old English bira, and then it evolved from the word biro or brown one. (laughs) Uh, I know it's a brown bear. We're not going to get. We're not even going to get through this, are we? Yeah, we're not going to get through this. I'm going to try that again.